welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast, where we talk about all things sustainable fat loss. We take people on 90-day journeys to creating fat loss forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Breaking 90 podcast. I'm your host, Jerica Rydell, with my awesome co-host, Kelly Sarlo, and we're two of the coaches at Breaking 90 Fitness. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, Kelly. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. What's new in your world? Well, um, it's now summer for the kids, and I'm like, again, living my best auntie life. (laughs) One of my little nephews is in Timbit's soccer, and it's just, it's giving me so much joy because I remember being that young and having an aunt that sat in a folded chair and came to all of my games and just what that meant to me. So how cool is that? And you get to do that. (laughs) And I just, she's actually passed. She passed earlier this year. And for me to be sitting in that same kind of position, my heart just feels so full uh, of gratitude for what she gave to me. I had no clue at the time what it was going to really mean. Um, And now to be sitting here being like, you know, Teo is going to have all of these memories and that just thrills me. So that's, that's what's new and good in my world. So fun. I'm so glad. Um, Okay. So first of all, I don't, I love lists, but I don't like people who make padded lists where it has to be like a, you know, five or 10. I just feel like we always kind of build out these rounded lists for the sake of psychologically satisfying numbers. Okay. So I thought maybe that you could share or bust some female fitness lies. So things that we are taught as females to believe in this industry Um, maybe you could kind of dispel those for us. What do you think? I love it. And my mind just automatically goes to like, I don't know, those cosmopolitans and health mags that I would read when I was 14, 15. And on the front page, it's like, well, we'll get into some of them because this is where my mind's going and I'll pull up some of those covers that I'm thinking of right now. I look forward to this. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. The first one that automatically comes to mind is the 1500 calorie famous number. Um, that number gets thrown around for females. Like in order to lose weight, you gotta just, just eat 1500 calories. That'll get you there. And it's like, there's so much more that goes into figuring out what number is best for you. If that's your goal. And and if tracking is something you want to pursue, um, but why 1500 first and foremost, as someone who's studied the human body and, and the way that we burn calories and our metabolism and for grown-ass women with muscle on our body or even fat on our body, we require more than 1,500 calories to basically live and sustain life. So then we start throwing around this number, like this is all you should eat. And you know what? You'll be tired at first, but who cares? Because you're going to be losing fat. And it's all like, you know, it's all around this happy, have to feel better and, and be happier. You have to lose fat by eating 1,500 calories. And I guess that kind of gives me two points, but, um, I just really, that's one that I feel obviously very strongly about. And we do require more than that. And the focus is not, shouldn't be on such a small number rather than figuring out, you know, where, what type of exercise regimen are you doing? What type of foods you love? Like having that conversation with either a coach or doing some research to realize that that number is likely much too low, mm-hmm. um, or just, Maybe it does work for your best friend, but it's not going to work for you. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. So that's the first one. Do you want me to dive more into them? 
or is that no I think that's really clear okay. because as far as I can understand if I was just being a listener right now let me repeat it back for you like I would understand that maybe 1500 calories might work for me but there's so many like other factors to consider for my unique experience absolutely so just blanket term it for every single adult which by the way if you look on the Tim Hortons menu that's 12 years and older you cannot tell me at 12 12 and 36 years old that we need the exact same thing yes. okay cool right because we all do different things we have different body composition we have different muscle mass we have different bone density right so different hormones that are at different points in our life so yes I mean I could add the list of <laughs> <laughs> okay the next one I'm thinking of specifically for women and our glutes, right? So these magazines or social medias, do these exercises to grow your glutes because A, that's a goal you should have, right? Mm -hmm. They tell us that we should have bigger glutes and B, these specific ones will get you there. So I'm gonna, it's like a two-parter. One, if you want bigger glutes, then good for you. That could be an awesome goal. If mm -hmm. you don't, then this, you don't have to be doing this. And I think it's just this, this whole era of growing our behind um is like something that's been pushed on us over and over again that we need this look and i think that's a bit absurd for one uh, but for two if that's something that you want and want to achieve the biggest myth here is that doing 20 reps of bodyweight glute bridges um doing 10 reps of um even bodyweight lunges are going to grow your glutes so massive that you're going to be so proud of your accomplishments Unfortunately, doing bodyweight glute bridges, yes, they will make you feel stronger. They will be good for, you know, where the muscle attaches to the bone. They'll strengthen the area. They may even give you that quote unquote toned look a little bit more firm. However, we require um, progressive overload and resistance training, AKA weights or bands of some nature to make me to challenge this large muscle. Um, over time. So, you know, just doing the same little glute body weight routine for the next eight weeks won't likely, it won't get you the big glutes that you want to achieve. We've got to add weight. Um, you do need to lift heavy to see these muscles grow. You crushed number two. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so great. Love it. Thank you. Uh, so nothing there. That's good. You well, okay. Can I just point out what I really loved? <laughs> I like this. Yeah. I like the feedback after each one. Yeah. Cause I, I'm really just trying to play the role of listener and not like kind of co-coach, I guess. Um, I really like that off the top, you challenged what someone's goal might even be that it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be your goal. Right. And um, I think that's oftentimes we don't challenge what we're conditioned to believe and we don't know to challenge what we were believed. So the fact that you're bringing it into someone's or onto someone's radar that they could decide, actually, that doesn't really work for me, or actually that's not my definition of beauty on my body, right? I can, I can love it on someone else and not want it for myself. And that doesn't negate what I deem beautiful either. Absolutely. Um, and then you're also telling us how to get there. So that's, that's <laughs> Cool. Love it. So the next one, I guess it kind of feeds into is that women don't need to train differently than men, right? So there's these men's health magazines that have these really awesome strength. They actually have the men's health magazine, for example, has really awesome strength training programs. They'll teach you how to lift and do progressive overload and 
form and, and I thoroughly enjoy some of these articles and they're very well written. Flip to like a women's type health magazine and the exercises are like, you know, there's no dumbbells or there's a band or there's a little one pound weight and that's pink in their hands. And it's like, do these glute kickbacks. And it's like, well, why can't I do the deadlifts and the shoulder presses and the, the really badass looking things? Like, why do I have to not saying again, side note, if you don't want to, you don't have to, but we don't need to train differently than men with the fear that we're going to become quote unquote too bulky. And I think that's one that we hear a lot, especially as coaches, right? One of, and especially myself as the main programmer in our, in our program is when I'm having these calls, it's like, I really want to be on a strength training program because I want to get stronger, but I don't want to look this specific way. I don't want to look like, and then they give me examples. And then I go into explaining, well, in order for these women to achieve these specific looks, um, they put a hell of a lot of years, work, time, effort, um, food, planning, et cetera, to look this specific way. You do not need to worry that in a strength training program, a general strength training program won't get you to look that way. And plus we don't have the testosterone uh, that the males have to the capacity that they have. So that's also kind of that to take a little side note on the bulkiness. Very cool. I was just seeing a reel probably last week where this woman, just powerhouse of a woman was going into the gym and recording her workouts. And these men were saying like, like smile. And, and it was like, she was smiling intentionally to be funny. And you look psychotic when you're trying to smile. <laughs> I saw this. right? And then I'm also thinking, I saw a secondary reel where it was like, ladies, don't be afraid to make faces in the gym. And I think this is probably going along the lines of what you're saying is that we're given these daintier workout routines with lighter everything because it doesn't actually require us to kind of change our facial expressions. And if we're given more weight, well, we don't appear feminine. We don't appear nice. We don't appear inside this like box of what a woman should be. And now you're actually just outright saying like, no, no, women and men can train the same. It's going to require an output that might not look like what you're used to physically. Um, but I, I love, again, that you're did not expect you to break things down on such a deep level. And I'm so <laughs> it's good. It's just, these are this type of podcast. So fun because I know we, and we both, obviously you brought this topic up for a reason, um, how much we hear these things and how, how much of an impact this can have on a lot of our listeners. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Keep um, okay. So the next one, I guess, keeps, I was going to keep, I guess, tying them together. So this kind of ties into nutrition and the old school sort of way of that, we don't require as much protein um, for our body weight. Again, this kind of ties into that bulky or muscle mass type conversation. We don't require as much protein. Um, there's even conversation, and this might be new for a lot of people, and that women should not take creatine. And we don't talk a ton about supplements on um, our podcasts and then even with our coaching clients, but this is a, a supplement that's been very widely studied and one of the most safe and beneficial for women and men who strength train, um, just to give you that extra energy and not in terms of like energy, like caffeine, but to be able to push harder, longer type, type kind of capacity. Uh, so men take it and all my friends, I could say, for example, take it. And then when, you, when they hear a female taking, it, it's like, well, why, why do you want to become stronger? 
So the focus of this conversation might not be about creatine, for example, but the focus is, well, why should you be taking something or why should you be eating, trying to eat your body weight in pounds protein um, to get a specific goal? Why do you want to become stronger? And it's like, well, well, because I, I have a specific goal of wanting to become stronger. It's just that conversation of the why should you um, that's been floating around that I kind of wanted to touch on. Can you see the steam coming out of my ear? Yeah, yeah I saw the looks. Okay, okay. Pay yeah, how do, I, how do I keep my face neutral enough? Um, that's a piss off. Like, I don't think I've ever witnessed or thought of saying to a man, like, well, why do you want to bulk up? Like, I would never. What if... Go ahead. So I was going to say, well, like, imagine saying, well, why, why do you drink so much water? It's like, yeah. well, why do you have so much, why do you eat fat? It's like, well, these th- protein sustains my muscles, which sustains my body, which makes me feel like healthy, stronger. I drink water because I want to feel this way and do these things. This is why, you know, it's like, this it seems silly to me. It's but the point that I really want to make is that we don't, we don't ask a man to defend what he wants. If he tells us he wants to body build, if he tells us he wants to compete in something, we're like, oh, wow, cool, right? When a woman says what she wants directly, well, why do you want to do that? If that is outside of what we think the norm is, like, it's like we want an explanation because we need that explanation to help you fit back into the box that we think should be you or should be feminine. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Definitely. And I mean, the end of the story could have been where you said, because I want to. <laughs> exactly. And this, again, it angers me because it circles back to what we were taught as normal, right? And I, I grew up in the magazine era. Like I read every health, fitness, women's, Cosmo, teen, every magazine you can think of, I was reading them. And it's like on the nutrition page, it was here's your plate of food and it's very low carb and there's salads everywhere. And then flip to all the men's health, which I started reading, realizing were so much more interesting and had actual science-based evidence in. So I started reading those when I was 17 and then it's like, you flip and it's like, Oh, you know, a piece of chicken and salad and a big potato, sweet potato. And it was like, this is what a meal looks like. And this is, it shouldn't, I mean, this is like, that's another point, but it tacks on to the same conversation of, you know, why does it have to be different? Why does it have to be low carb for women and, you know, a whole, a whole foods diet for males. And it's just, it angers me that that's what we were taught so young and it's just to make money, I believe, however, and to create standards that women are more feminine. Um, But that's, these are obviously myths that, and I know you're listening. You're like, I know this, right? Like this is, this conversation has been pretty debunked for a while now, but it's a really important reminder. And kind of take a step back and be like, what did I read then? And do I still have some of those beliefs? Am I catching myself trying to cut my carbs? Am I catching myself, you know, not lifting as heavy because so-and-so is beside me? Like it's those little things that we don't realize are happening. So I'll say this, you know, my mom went through the Breaking 90 program as a client right. and she can't say enough about it, has referred so many people to it, knows the guiding principles, knows the sustainable approach that we take and everything. And she's been off it for probably over a year now. She gained a little bit of weight. And she said to me, you know, I think I'm going to start focusing back on, on losing weight. So from here on out, no snacks. And I looked at her and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) What did you learn? (laughs) It's like, you went through our program. I was so miffed, but I I was just like, 
you know the principles, you know all of the things that are going to help you to do the healthiest thing to get you back to that that feeling of being healthy for you. And there's the conditioning right away. Oh, well, I cut out, I cut out rice and I cut out, you know, potatoes in our meal and I'm not going to have snacks anymore. And it's like, oh, so you just went right back to your conditioned 62 year old mindset of diet first, because she's been steeped in this stuff a lot longer than our generation has. Even after getting the healthy education or the re-educating um, of what what will actually work for you. So, and, and I'm sharing that story on purpose so that people, if they're listening to this and finding, you know, their own conditioning, I don't want you to feel shame. We all we all have yes. stuff so <laughs> deep within us that we forget. Oh shoot, I reverted back to something that was not science based, which I love that you pointed out. Like, oh, there's actually science in the men's magazines. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to have grace for yourself if you do catch yourself going back to those old teachings. Um, and just, you know, gently walking yourself out of them. Awesome. Yeah, that's a really good. I'm glad you shared that. Um, the next one I'd like to talk about, two left that I'm thinking of. And if that's something else comes to mind, I'll keep going. <clears throat> Excuse me. The next one is the whole, you know, running's better than walking. Mm. Or I'll touch on that one. Another one I'm thinking of is, you know, go, go to the machines. The machines are better than the free weight section. Um, and the reason these come to mind is I'm assuming the running versus walking, I'm thinking calorie burn, right? We're told running is a good way to burn calories. So we should all run and it's better than walking. But when in reality, it might be better for someone who thoroughly loves running and doesn't love walking, then sure, that might be a really good form of exercise for you. Uh, if you absolutely hate running and you're more likely to fall off the wagon and do one run a month, but that's your form of cardio versus if you were someone who's going to walk 30 minutes every other day and feel great about that, then walking is absolutely the way to go because at the end of the month, you're going to have five times the amount of steps in or however you want to look at it than you would have that one or two runs. The other direction I want to take it is that you can achieve the same calorie burn, although you'll have to go a little bit longer or maybe go every, you know, every other night or, but there's more benefits to, there might be more benefits for you to walking than running in terms of joint health and things of that nature. So it can, it can take you somewhere a lot further in terms of your fat loss journey, if that's your goal, because you, you'll be able to sustain it over time. Yeah. Brilliant. Awesome. And then the machines versus free weights, that's a little bit more old school again, but it's kind of that or the women's only section, you know, things in that nature. Um, but I think we kind of touched on that conversation earlier of just, you know, owning the, the gym's not owned by the, by the men. Like you kind of access whatever you want to access, lift what you want to lift. And, and I, I do think that partly we feel that way or we are conditioned is because they've created the women's only section. However, I think they could also be very beneficial for some women who are shy and are new to the gym and you know maybe are a little more self-conscious at the start and I to I'm not saying that they're a I don't want to get rid of them because for some women that could be really awesome place for you uh, but I just don't want you to feel like you have to be there or you belong there yeah I love that if it's if it's creating a lower barrier to entry to Absolutely. say like, hey you can comfortably work out in this section without being like ogled at then then come be here right but these yeah. machines 
they don't have pink tax. They're not just for women. They're just to help get you comfortable until you want until you want to venture out and use everything available to you. Yeah, exactly. That's a good summary. And then the last one I'm thinking, and we kind of talked about it through all of them. It's just the myth that we have, we should be skinny in or, or small in order to either be happy or be fit or be healthy. Um, obviously in the last quite a few years, there has been more of a movement and and being strong and there's different definitions of what strong and healthy looks like, especially for women. And, but these myths that, you know, we need to be on a diet pretty much 24 seven, and we need to always be achieving that smaller frame or, or that skinny, smaller look is, is that myth that I think is the most prevalent, of course, and it's still out there and it always has been out there. Um, but just to touch on those, obviously we know there's so many women who have different goals um, and a lot of them are to become stronger. So I guess it's more of a, of a summary note, but also just the main, the main point. That's cool. I like that you're bringing that up because obviously I'm not going to argue with you a single bit on that. I I'm right with you there. The idea of a diet versus a dietary lifestyle is something that I always like to bring into conversation with people, right? Because yes. if, you, if you're arguing like, well, I don't, I don't want to diet. Good. I hope you never do. But what we're trying to say is everyone hopefully should aspire to a dietary lifestyle where you are feeding yourself in a way that is actually actually fueling you instead of actively contributing to inflammation in the body and diseases in the body and you know heart health and all of those different things. It's not about what shape or size you end up taking. It's about how are you helping the internal organs function? with what you're giving them, right? I love it. Awesome. I'm so glad you touched on that, Kelly. Um, Do you have a tip for us today? Yeah, it actually kind of goes along with my fun ant story at the beginning of this, of this (laughs) section. Um, Just show up. I'm seeing this all over Instagram of kids being recorded at their recitals and them walking on stage and clocking their parents in the audience and their whole demeanor just changes, right? Um, And it's like the importance of showing up. And I just wanted to say that, yes, it is so important for a four-year-old. And yes, it is so important for your kid that's at a very formidable age. It never stops being true for us as human beings. So if your friend is playing on a rec softball team and you can make the game, fucking go. If you're... Side note, Kelly showed up to my game and it was the best (laughs) surprise ever. (laughs) It's... So genuinely fun to show up for your people and it lights them up and it lights you up and it just it fosters so much good well-being within us that I'm like getting emotional but like um show up for your adult sibling if it's if it's a hobby if it's just something that that they're interested in showing up is something how we can it's it's a way that we can feed ourselves and feed our people um which is still fitting in your health and fitness journey I love that. Oh, it's the best, Kel. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening today. And as always, if you know anyone that you think might benefit from today's podcast, hopefully, hopefully you do, uh, please share it by taking a screenshot and post it to your Instagram or Facebook page. Thanks so much.